Did you finish Bridgerton? No. Ryan, you need to. I think you'll like it. Okay. I know it's slow at the beginning, but then it gets going and it's really just... That is such like a recommendation, too, for a TV show. It what? starts off slow, but then it gets so good. <laughs> yeah, very original. It's the recommendation of every show. <laughs> uh, yeah. It just describes a story. <laughs> Welcome everyone to another episode of Wife Watches. I'm here with Courtney. Hello. I'm here with Ryan. Hello. And I am also here. I'm Jason. Hello. 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 Welcome. How's everyone doing? Uh, great. Pretty good. Pretty good. Are we excited for uh, to enter the last leg of our journey? I'm, I'm going to miss this. Really? Yeah. Wow. Big time. Huge time. I'm excited. I'm excited to, to dive into the last chapter. This is the one I think I'm the least familiar with. Just by virtue of it coming out two years after, you know what I mean? And mm-hmm. I just like have been devouring the other ones at, like nonstop. That said, I do have this like pretty well like locked into the brain for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. I was thinking, I, I feel like I know every beat of the first one and like where it goes scene to scene. It's a little hazier in the two towers. I don't actually know where things end or start in this one. Like, I know the exact scene we'll end at for the oh. break between the two parts, but oh. I don't really know where we'll be in the storyline. So you were into it, is what you were saying. Yeah, I am. In fact, I forgot to tell you guys, I uh, I dressed up as Frodo for a Halloween party when I was like 14, and I had curly, big, curly hair. My dad had had like a, kind of like a peasant costume from a play from a long time ago okay but my dad is shorter than me so wearing it they like Whoa. the pants hit me at like the right part of my shin <laughs> wow yeah and then like i had like a whole thing like all decked out to go to like this this dance and i had a ring like the one ring on a chain yeah it was did really you fun. feel cool it was really funny but i remember it was really cold because i was like uh. barefoot <laughs> and then i remember going with some of my friends after the dance to walmart and I, we were all still dressed up now i'm wondering I don't know. Maybe tell me if you actually think this is funny or if this is just like peak 14 year old, like, this is hilarious what we're doing. Like, what a prank. (laughs) I would like walk around in the. Actually, it is kind of funny now that I'm thinking about it. I would walk around with the actual like DVDs of the movies in the aisles and I would stand there in an aisle doing like my best lost, hopeless Frodo face. Just thinking it was. Until people came into the aisle and like saw me. We thought it was so funny. So that was Jason in 2003. Yeah. Cruising Walmart. That's what. Our, our 14 year old minds like concocted we're like this is this will get them man we're gonna yeah, wow. tear down the system did you like learn elvish or anything no okay. except oh i will say i i didn't learn elvish but there was a guy on my mission who knew elvish mm-hmm. and so i had him i asked him if he would translate a scripture into elvish and i have i have a script i have it somewhere wow. somewhere it's, he he translated it's doctrine and covenants like four oh the one that like every missionary memorizes <laughs> yes. okay i asked him if he could translate that and he did is so that I, the fields white one or mm-hmm. whatever yeah it's like a six to eight verse long it's long it's, it's a little bit of a lengthy one and i have it in elvish and he's just written like, down yeah i should have had him i should have recorded him like reading it too i wonder if he could do that but yeah because i guess it's just like a letter for letter direct there's an alphabet the alphabet 
Yeah. Oh. So I guess it's a little cheating. It's not like Got he it. learned. He like, wasn't like fluent, fluent. Yeah, a whole other alphabet. <laughs> are there people who are fluent, fluent? Uh, you just gotta I'm be sure. Right? Right? Because he, this is part of like his, the Tolkien's like world building is he like built out all this background and I think he does have like an alphabet for Elvish and maybe Dwarvish and all these different things that you could learn. But I know Elvish is like the one, I, I feel like I know that I've seen the characters. There's enough of an alphabet that corresponds with the English alphabet that someone could translate some scripture. So was your companion's accent better than Aragorn's? To be clear, not my companion. Just Sorry, just, just in just my another, Back off, Ryan. Just yeah. back another off. missionary. Stand, stand off. Stand by. <laughs> Stand down. Continue. Is that what you meant? Yes. <laughs> I was just waiting for you to get to stand down. <laughs> but we have talked about how, like, in the movie, people do, like, they really lean into, like, the accent sometimes. Like, they, like, say stuff Mordor. like that. Yeah. Gandalf. Sarah. Do you just say Gandalf? Gandalf. Some people say Gandalf. I think I say Gandalf. Gandalf. That's true. I feel Gandalf. like the hobbits say Gandalf. 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 What are we going to watch today? The. Lord. Of. The. Rings. The return. Sorry. Of the king. Yeah. Trying to steal my word. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's the power word in the title. I'm glad I didn't have any of the important words because I completely blanked on what this was called. Are you serious? (laughs) Yeah. I think they have weird titles, if I'm being honest. What would you have called this? I think fellowship is fine. I just noticed like the chapters in the books as well. They're very uh, direct, right? Yeah. And even I think I told you like... Uh, Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah of course. Sure, 100%. You know, as we you all read about it. Yeah. He had names originally for like the six books. And one of his titles for like one of the earliest books was just like The Ring Goes East. Like they're very, oh. it's written more like a history book. There's not a lot of like mystery to the titles. This is this. The Two Towers, which is also just kind of confusing. It doesn't really describe like the events of mm-hmm. the, those stories. And then just The Return of the King. Sauron comes back in this one. He's the king we're referring to. Oh, interesting. Oh, I guess I won't tell you then if that's a question. Yeah. The return of the king is the Lord. <laughs> I, I don't know. I dare not say anything more. I think it'll become crucial to the story that you'll you'll know. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I really can't think of who else it would be. That's funny you say oh, that. Oh, yes, I do. Yes, I do. Who? Aragorn. Yes. Okay. He I is, remember he is now. He's the king that is returning. Got it. In fact. I wish I wouldn't have remembered that. <laughs> it's okay. I, I don't think it's a big spoiler to it's, know. It's this. leaned in pretty heavy at the end. Well, in Two Towers, the like, he's this king. Okay. He's stepping back into the Is Sauron a king? Well, he's the Lord of the Rings. Oh, I did not realize that. I actually did not either. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. He's considered the, well, I guess that makes sense because he's he the Lord of the Rings. Them? Yeah, there's all the rings, and then he created the Master Ring. Oh man, why didn't we talk about that? I'm glad you brought that up. Thank you. So the Return of the King is Aragorn. And actually, Tolkien originally didn't want to call it that because he thought it was a bit too said exactly what happened with that character in the movie. Like spoiling it. Yeah, he originally wanted to call it the War of the Ring. I think it would have been okay, actually. There's a lot of the the something of the ring, the something of the ring. I have with me my copy of ROTK. Here we go. Yeah, there it is. I really liked listening to that. Um, were you going to smell oh. it, though? Yeah, is it consistent? Where are my manners? Yes, it is. <laughs> I can smell it, too. Yeah, yeah it's, it's booky. It's, yeah, the old library smell. So that was published in 1955. Like I said, the, he wanted like maybe the broken down titles of books five and six, which are both contained in Return of the King, to be The War of the Ring and then The End of the Third Age. Oh. Do we know the first and the second age? Uh, you, I honestly used to know those. Everything that happened, obviously, this is like 
toward the tail end of the third age okay. is what the lord of the rings story is because there's there's those lines like the age of the elves is over mm-hmm. uh, the so end of the third age is alluding of... to that and i think that like after the third age things become less magical in the world because this is supposed to be kind of a mythology of the british island i think okay so ryan interesting you, did you read that book yeah i did do you um, remember it at all i remember the story but mostly from the movies Okay. There's the structure is is pretty surprising in a way that I I won't really go into until pro- after we watch the movies. But books two and three were like the challenging ones to adapt structurally. Mm-hmm. It still is split up where one book is following Frodo, Sam, and Gollum, and the other book is Aragorn and everyone else. And then at some point they like might converge, and so again they had to structurally say, well, we're going to bounce back and forth. Parts of the Two Towers book has been moved into this third film. Which is the spider part we talked about last time, right? Yeah, and like the tail end of some of the the story with Aragorn and Gandalf and everyone. When we talk about it, I'll tell you when the exact cutoff would be. Okay. But I think it'd be an interesting um, like editing experiment would be someone to edit all the movies to be like as faithful to the book timeline as possible into like six installments. I wonder if that, if that would be weird. You'd be spending a lot of time. You'd have to remember what was going on longer than you do now. But I guess that's what you do with TV. So yeah. How familiar are you with the movie we're going to watch? I only remember the spider. I definitely remember the end. And then I remember events, but I, I couldn't tell you like, okay, first they start here and then it, it goes to this and then to this and then to this. I, I don't remember the order. If you have any questions about which are extended or not, you can ask me. In the extended editions, when they're released, in the chapter guide, they have like a star next to completely new scene or like two stars, like extended scene. Oh, interesting. And so I like really locked in my head of like, why did they add this? What did this do? Why would they have cut this? So like well, in my mind, I've I like I've really separated like this is a new addition to your it. Your mind is the cutting room floor. There were parts where I was surprised where there was maybe a lot or not at all, where I was like, wow, they didn't have anything more to add to that. They really put all of that in to Mm -hmm. the movie interesting for instance a lot of helms deep is was just like in the movie only like maybe a handful of shots in the fight otherwise everything they had to say basically they like put in there um can i ask a question what's on the front is that gondor or that is gondor okay the sorry the front of the book it's like a big white fortress yes that is minus tirith which is the capital of gondor Okay. And so we've seen the city of Osgiliath. Which this... is where Frodo and Sam left from. Yes. Okay. That's like basically across the river is Minas Tirith. Okay. We've actually technically been there when Gandalf first sees the ring after like Bilbo leaves and he's really weirded out. And he's like, what is the deal with this ring? The beginning of Fellowship of the mm-hmm. Ring. He go. Remember he goes somewhere and reads up. He like goes into a library and oh, he's like yeah. reading through all these scrolls. That's actually in Minas Tirith. Oh. Okay. But so they're all a part, the both of those are a part of Gondor. Yes. Gondor if Gondor is like the state, those are like two cities. Oh. And so we'll spend a lot of time in Gondor in this film because a lot of the a lot of the conflict in Rohan is like was taken care of. I don't really have anything much other to say to like build up to the movie other than I'll just kind of like reorient you with like where people are. What just year? Pumped. 2003. I saw it at midnight. Did you also see it at midnight? I don't know if I saw it at midnight. I know I saw it in theaters a few times, but I don't think... I can't remember if I saw it at midnight. Which means I definitely would have left the theater at like 4 a.m. Oh my lord. It was wild times back then. Oh yeah. You'd get in line. You had to wait. Oh, yeah. but it's so fun getting I, in line. Well, we also sat in like the front row too, which now I can't really conceive of like how that worked. 
I loved the front row that back in the day. That doesn't surprise me at all. I don't know if I've you ever sat in the so front close. row. I love. I don't like being close. I like it filling my vision. But that yeah. front row is like your head's. I don't. You, yeah, I don't awful. know how you're seeing everything. But I really think that if I remember correctly, that I was on the front row. With Did my you friends. dress Gosh. up? No, but there were people dressed up. We used to dress up to go to Harry Potter once. I don't think I've actually. <laughs> I don't think I've ever dressed up to go to a premiere. I don't think I've either. But I, I do remember going to midnight at the Harry Potters. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's what everyone did in my high school. Was yeah. go to, like, it's like the thing scarf, to do. Go to premieres. Fake glasses. You get there at like six. You stand in line. You sit down. I you play cards. Yes, the... you play cards. <laughs> you bring like, you have like snacks. The uh, Revenge of the Sith midnight showing. One of my friends I knew, he brought like a couch and they like brought a TV and were watching the other prequels because we were basically in line from like 5 p. You know what I mean? It was like yeah. crazy. You, you get oh in line gosh, early. Yeah. So crazy. And then you're like rushing in to like get the good seat. Mm-hmm. Uh, the manager comes in. All right, everybody, we want to have a good night tonight. Oh we're excited you're gosh. all here. Yes. <laughs> I would give anything for that right now. We never had the manager come in and greet us. I think uh, that might have been like a higher class thing. I don't know. Brigham City, the, the manager really gave a shit. They were I think just it like, was more like, hey, we want we want everyone to have a good time. So please be respectful. Uh, here are your exits if there's an emergency. And uh, enjoy your movie. Yes, <laughs> Ryan. Wow. In Brigham City, it was a free for all. We were just we were on our own. I wonder if they, I wonder if they had staff there that night. <laughs> Oh, man. Midnight premieres are fun. We went to one for Star Wars. Yeah. That's fun. In fact, I remember thinking in 2019, like, it's weird that this is a, this year will be the last time I probably ever go to a midnight movie. And it's like, you know what I mean? The schedule has changed, though. You can go at like seven. Mm -hmm. That was, seven's like the new midnight now. I don't know if this, we built this up in our minds as kids, but there was even like a thing of, well, you can't start it until 12.05, just to be sure it's midnight. As if there was, like, a cop oh, roaming. Of their, yeah, as if, like, they would, like, get their, like, license revoked. Yeah. It's like, and then it was it, just start it whenever. It was just, like, moved up closer it was like closer. I remember it was, like, 10, 10 p.m. was, like, uh-huh. a thing. Does it, do you kind of feel like a little bit of the magic is sucked out for that reason? Yeah, that's why when Ryan said that, it, like, evoked, like, a very strong feeling of being there. So you don't remember anything that happens no, in this movie? No, just Spider. When's the last time you saw this? Probably when it came out. I did. I saw them in theaters. Okay. These movies, I think, will always be like my favorite movies because they caught me at like the right age where I was old enough to like appreciate the themes and like, you know what I mean? Like the depth of what was going on. But I was still young enough that something could really lodge itself in my brain as like a nostalgia. Mm. And in that same respect, I don't think I'll ever truly enjoy anything the way I liked these movies, which is kind of sad. <laughs> but also, like, you know what I mean? Like, I just don't think any, nothing will reach the heights, even as much as I, like, honestly, one best experience of my life was Avengers Endgame. Sure. It still doesn't top these. Like, it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't edge these out yeah. as the top of my brain because, like, it just hit me at the right time. You know well, and mean? you just you have a different level of care and passion and like like movie magic that you still kind of believe in. Exactly. That yeah. When you're that age, you can just dive in. You don't like know enough about how stories are told, so like things are genuinely thrilling to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was like the perfect age and like the perfect film series to really like lock in. You can always go back to watch yeah. them. It'll always be a good time. Little some place setters for you, Courtney, okay. of where everyone is spatially. Okay. On the table. I'll use this time to pull up a visual aid that I worked on at work today. <laughs> visual aid was a nice uh, cross between uh, sharing your screen, but also a church lesson. <laughs> <laughs>
where we left off, Frodo and Sam were are just now leaving Osgiliath. Faramir let them go. Gollum's with them. I got it. Gollum is taking them through an alternate path into Mordor. Got it. But if you remember, he has something up his sleeve. Yeah, he, he does. Did, had a, he had a whole like argument loudly. I know it's the spider. He says she. It could be anyone. It's the spider. Well, I don't know. Okay. We'll see what happens. <laughs> Helm's Deep, which is right here. Uh-huh. That's where like ever you know like Gandalf showed up, saved everyone. Yeah. They are now going to go on their way to Isengard. So that's like. Gandalf, Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, Theoden, Eowyn, Eomer, right? All the people of Rohan, they're victorious, they, they're feeling good, they're like, just had a pretty good victory. And they're going to Isengard now, where, if you remember, Merry, Pippin, and Treebeard just like cleaned house and kicked yeah. the shit out of Saruman. <laughs> yeah. So they're like occupying Isengard now, and that is where they will meet. And then these two routes is, without telling you what happens, something will happen that will lead one group of people this way to Minas Tirith. And another group will go this way on a separate quest. If you remember at the end, Gandalf was like, now I feel like I'm saying Gandalf all the time. I know. It's kind of weird. It's like. I didn't really mean to. I think it's like, yeah. You're saying Gandalf or Gandalf? Gandalf. I incepted myself. (laughs) He said, you know, the battle for Helm's Deep is over. The battle for Middle Earth is about to begin. Because they basically, if the two like conflicts was like Isengard attacking Rohan, Mordor attacking Gondor. They've like solved that problem. And now here's the main conflict, which is. Minas Tirith and Gondor versus Mordor. And we'll spend more time with Faramir and his father Denethor, who is the steward of Gondor. I can't believe how far we are from the Shire. Right? Well, Every time I look at it, it's The crazy. crazy part is all of this journey was done in Fellowship, too. Yeah. They get very close, and then they just get sucked up into, like, the wars. Yeah. I just remember this terrifying me at a young age. The idea of, like, going into this, like, enemy land. And even, like, now watching it, like, when they were going to just make a run for the Black Gate and the Two Towers. Yeah. I was like, they're going to get caught immediately, die a very long and painful death. Well, and just, like, all this planning of, like, okay, we got to get to Mordor. Um, okay. And no plan for once we get there. <laughs> no, but yeah, they're like, they're, wing, they're winging it. They're winging it the whole time of like, we got to get to Mordor and somehow get to Mount Doom. So is there anyone who lives in Mordor who's who's not an orc? Just all orcs. Wow. Trolls, I guess. Goblins. Um, This was also requested by someone named Peter Gilbert. I don't know if this is helpful for anyone. I don't know if this is even a helpful place to have this information. But he was wondering at what point would you pause the movies and go movie to movie? Oh. So if anyone's curious... You'd stop Fellowship of the Ring at about an hour 45, just after the Council of Elrond. For Two Towers, you'd stop at an hour 46, just after Faramir takes Frodo and Sam. And then for this one, you'd stop at two hours and seven minutes, just after Grond the Hammer is unveiled. And people are going, Grond, Grond, Grond. So there it is. That's that information if you need it, okay? It's there. Save it. Use it. Write it down. It's going to be helpful. The year is 2003. George Bush is president. The top song of the weekend. Do you guys know it? It'll be pretty obvious once I tell you, if you can't guess it. It'll be pretty obvious once you tell us. Oh, interesting. Well, you'll be like, yeah, that was dumb. But no, you'll be like, ah, of course. Bananas. B-A-N-I-N-A-S. Is that your guess? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to go with In the Club. Oh, that's pretty good because that was like a big one in 03, but it was Hey Ya by Outcast. Hey Ya. We did do that. The US and the UK bomb and invade Iraq. And Saddam Hussein is apprehended. I actually noticed looking through a lot of these, I realized, wow, a lot of these things are made fun of directly in Arrested Development because it came out, it debuted in 2003. Americans renamed French fries Freedom Fries (laughs) in protest of France's stance on Iraq. I did not know that was why Freedom Fries were a thing. Did you guys? No. My cousin just told me one day. These are called, she's from Georgia. These are called Freedom Fries. (laughs) 
Dewey, the first cloned deer, was born. Arnold was elected governor of California. Oh, how governor. weird. I lived in California at uh, that time. Whoa. He was my governor. What a he treasure. Was your governor. The governor. The Recording Industry Association of America files a bunch of lawsuits against internet users for pirating songs. Do you remember that? Was I'm sure we all do. Huge. I've never yeah. downloaded anything. No, I haven't either. <laughs> Who would do that? Yeah, shame on you. <laughs> Uh, Brittany and Christina kissed at the VMAs. I went on a deep dive of the Mickey Mouse Club today. Oh, yeah. I saw you post about that. I watched a lot of clips from... About what? Like, what did you well, learn? Well, here's the thing. So I'm reading the Jessica Simpson book. Well, are you right reading now? it? It's called Open Book. No, no, no. It's no. being I'm, read to I, it's you. It's being read to me because I can finish it in very little time. She was in the Mickey Mouse Club? She auditioned and then she choked so bad <gasps> that they... <laughs> They cut down from eight that they were going to have to seven. So she didn't make it. And they did that like just to exclude her. She was like friends with Brittany and Christina and Justin and Ryan Gosling. Did you know Ryan Gosling was in the Mickey Mouse Club? Of yeah, course, course you did. Of course I knew that. I watched I watched like a kind Destined of like... Destined for greatness from the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> they did like a sexy like number that I watched today, which was like very... As children? Yeah. Well, like, they were just like, yeah, there's no there's no good way to say that. But that's they were, like, trying to be sexy. Interesting. But they're, it was, like, like, Ryan Gosling, 11. Justin Timberlake. Yeah. I think they were 13. What else is get together anymore after jessica got divorced from nick lachey she like went out to dinner with justin timberlake and they kissed at this like dinner and then he said like i gotta i gotta call ryan gosling and tell him that because we all had a bet who was gonna kiss you first because they like were in love with jessica simpson whoa whoa. i know so that's my little tidbit (laughs) interesting Uh, some other 2003 things yeah eminem nokia phones Alicia Cuthbert. Oh, the girl next door. Finding Nemo and Pirates of the Caribbean oh, came out that year. Oh my gosh. So, Orlando Bloom had a good year, he I think. He really did. Did you know that uh, Johnny Depp was nominated for an Oscar for that role? Yes, I did know that. Do you remember one of the first things we ever argued about was whether <laughs> yep. it was based on the ride at Disneyland? or Not if it, not was... If it was based on the ride. It yeah. was like, because I always knew it was based on the ride, if they were leaning on the knowledge that it was of the ride for like the marketing. Oh yeah. Because I was saying like, isn't it just weird that they like took this ride and like made a movie and they're like, and you're like, well, the ride was pretty popular. I'm like, well, hey, yeah. But, but I'm like, that that's not like a mark. Like they wouldn't base their marketing campaign around that. I disagree. There's a lot from the ride that's like in the marketing. I know, but I, because I was always like, why would they have adapted a ride for and like to think that this was going to be a huge hit? Well, because then you they were did saying, it again. Well, we're doing it right now. But you were like, <laughs> because the ride was so beloved. I'm like, what are you talking Ryan? about? Oh, it's you... been around since like Disneyland. Ryan's on my opened. side. Not, okay, and Disney been around doesn't mean that okay. it's beloved. There's a Disney's lot of all about around. Disney's all about creating a universe. So they're gonna take what's popular, their ride. And of course, make a movie. They did the same thing with. Um... But was it that? Po- was the ride that? Po- yes, but because then... it was like the first time that they used animatronics that way, and people flew from all over to come see it. When? When was it? The fifties, I think. Fifty-five. Oh yeah, because it was yeah, it opened in fifty-five. So you're saying the like the wow, the shock and awe of seeing animatronics in the fifties. They were banking on that 50 years later to be like, those people are going to come Beca- back, going to no, flood the theaters. Not because but because it's so beloved. I also think By it's, whom? I also think it's just a marketing ploy. Like, let's create this movie that then 
after you watch the movie, you're going to want to go ride the ride that it was based off of. You're both now positing that it was the love for the ride that they're like, people are going to see this movie no matter I what. I still they stand l- by that. Oh, you, interesting. Ryan? I'm not going to get in the middle of this. <laughs> He's on but now I understand though. both sides. Yes. <laughs> I think it was even like, it was like a so. throwaway comment I said, and then you kind of did a throwaway comment too, and then we like latched on those throwaway <laughs> comments. <laughs> Yeah, also, uh, The Bachelorette debuted this year, too. Trista. Yeah. Trista and Ryan's season. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. They're still married. Oh, i got a gosh. bunch of kids. Love one. Also, the toys of the year, Hokey Pokey Elmo. Get out of here. That must have been just sort of trying to ride on Tickle Me Elmo. Other ones for girls, Bratz dolls. Oh, I had a Bratz doll. For boys, Beyblades, which is after my time. I have no idea. I, I had, like, nephews play Beyblades, but it looks like the... Poor man's Pokemon, or like someone was like, I could get in on this, whatever Pokemon. Is it just is, a like, toy, wow. or is it like a franchise like show? I think it. I think there is a franchise tied to it. I'm sure there is because of how popular it is. But like, there was also like they had like you could get like a little stadium, and it's like a wind up thing, and they like shoot oh. them off, and they like spin and like hit each other, and like they duel that way. Okay. So oh I'm like, gosh. I'm like, oh, this is just like what Pokemon is only like this is the the framework and structure of Pokemon, but just. I'm glad you explained that because I would always liken it to Legos, which it sounds like are very different. No. As we have a resident Lego Lego enthusiast. I've never felt older than I do right now. I have no idea what Beyblades are. If I hadn't had nephews at the right age playing them, I wouldn't either. Pokemon's still around. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And when I left, there was just the two. There was like the original 150, and they maybe added another 100. I think it's up to like 600 now. <laughs> when you left Pokemon? When I left. When I left. But you left, and then I, I remember going back like in my well, people early back 20s for, for the Pokemon Go. No, for the video game the, oh, on the Nintendo one? DS. Gold? Well, here's the thing. I remember when I was first there, there was red and blue, right? Mm-hmm. And then there was yellow, which was a Pikachu. And then when they did like the, the next 150, they did new like Game Boy games, which was gold and silver. And I did play those. Ah, okay, yeah. I remember gold. Do you run out of animals to use? I mean, like, in the real world when they're making up Pokemon, wouldn't you, like, run out of, after, like, 600? You know what I mean? <laughs> Haven't you thought of every, like, permutation of, like, whatever animal and gimmicky thing, whether it's, like, fire or, like, sharp objects or, like, they fall asleep or explode? Like, I don't know, whatever it is. Like, Were they, they mime? Oh, yeah. Mr. Mime, the Pokemon that's just a dude. Do you ever think how weird that is? He's not like an animal or even like Electrode, which is like a ball that explodes. Uh, My knowledge of Pokemon is my friend Jessica growing up. She had her bed pressed against a corner so you could crawl under the bed and there was like a little clubhouse. We like tossed a blanket over top. How tall was her bed? It was really tall. It was like a big high bed. It's like a loft almost. Yeah. So we would like crawl under and go in the corner and she would like draw all these Pokemon and we had a Pokemon club. Well, she had a Pokemon club with her friend and Mm. I was like, I guess I'm into Pokemon. Trying to get in it. Yeah. So she would tell me about the Pokemon and I just did not care. Did you like try to go along with it? Absolutely. Totally. Squirtle. So yeah, this one. This one's really good against uh, leaf Pokemon. Young men, uh, please don't bring your Pokemon cards to Mutual anymore. Those aren't going to be allowed. (laughs) Stupid rule. I know. Also kind of weird about Detective Pikachu is like Pokemon the first movie is sort of canon because of Mewtwo and everything. Yeah. Do you ever think about that? Oh, interesting. (laughs) Is this gibberish to you right now? Yeah, absolutely. All right, should we watch the movie? Uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. All right, let's do it. Movie time. Let's watch it.
All right. Well, we're back. <laughs> we finished it. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's. Uh, it's hard to read the room a little bit. What? Uh, what? <laughs> how, how, let's do uh, reactions. What did you think? Particularly you, Courtney. Well, frankly, I'm exhausted. Okay. It was exhausting. Is the only thing that comes to mind right now. But great. Oh, okay. I loved it. <laughs> to be clear, a positive exhaustion. I would say like the second half better than the first one. Probably. Well, I mean, like, I mean, that makes sense too because I wouldn't say as not as like jarring as Two Towers, but I mean, the first one is it like sets it up and then right, mm-hmm. then the rest of the movie kind of like mm-hmm. knocks yeah. it down. Whereas Fellowship really does feel like two different movies. Yeah put together in one it's such a good movie i definitely get the exhaustion but at the same time i think for me it's such a long journey but by the time we get to the end i'm not ready to leave if that makes sense oh yeah i could i could totally get on board with that a pretty consistent criticism of this movie in particular is that it is very long and that it doesn't end quickly it right. just kind of keeps going. It has like five endings. Yeah. Like this kind of goes along with like just feeling exa- like exhausting and how it's, it's very taxing. I was even noticing that when like the minute we started part two, you're just like stressed just out for, for like yeah. an hour and a half, honestly. Yeah. And there's like really no let up. I am, I'm definitely in the camp of I am perfectly fine with how many endings it has. I know that it probably throws some people off because people are so used to the language of cinema that like, well, you know, the, uh, the, the main thing is over. The movie should end. Yeah. My argument is if you think of the if you think of it as one film that's like 12 hours long having like a 20 to 30 minute denouement that's fitting for a 13 hour film. Sure. And I think maybe on the first watch, it is a little drying because you're like, wait, oh, we're not done. Oh. Oh, we're still not done. I don't know. This, I mean, it's me reading into the minds of the filmmakers here, but I imagine they're very aware that they are like people will be expecting this to probably wrap up pretty soon after the central conflict is over. Mm-hmm. So I think they're kind of playing with that a little bit. The first time you really think this could be over is when they're on the rock and it fades to black. And I counted it; it fades to black for five seconds. Yeah. And I remember in theaters the first time I saw it, thinking like, "Are they going to end oh, this right here?" Because they it's kind of cliffhangerish, but like you could like you conceivably it... end it there. Um, and then they kind of keep going, but they do tease it a little bit. Like after it's like, like they'll have another little sequence, then kind of fade to black, then like bring back in for like another little extended sequence. Yeah. And I think they know. I think that's done intentionally to kind of be like, "We know, but we have you here now." And you're bought in this far. So like just live in it and let it kind of run its course. And really, I like it because it it feels like it's completely over the story. Like it really rings it dry. Like it (laughs) definitively ended the story. Thinking about you are stressed for so long that it's nice to just sit there for half an hour and be happy. And like if you've seen this all the way through in one sitting, it is nice to have that like a breather like that and yeah. really like the spoils of victory i guess yeah the the big payoff well, just what we were trying to save let's spend some time in in peace especially on this rewatch i've just been struck by how the task of adapting the books into screen and how much they had to like consolidate or change things up or like change arcs a little bit and like manipulate characters a little bit in a way that probably really angered fans yeah but i still i stand by most of the decisions they made because i think I was listening to a podcast called Letters from the Screenplay um, that just have been doing Lord of the Rings this like the exact same time we've been watching them. Oh, oh interesting. <laughs> but they were like, you know, the reasons, the things that they change, like, you know, Aragorn being having self-doubt about being king or like even in this movie, like the Frodo and Sam rift that Gollum puts in, that's not in the book at all. They never split up. Those things or even like Faramir having the whole subplot of him taking Frodo to Osgiliath. Right. 
they're done for screenwriting purposes. Like they're not really bad ideas. They're done to like add drama and conflict. You wouldn't necessarily miss in a book. Return of the King, the novel is split into two books. The first follows the company, Aragorn, Gandalf, and everyone from the time they arrive in Minas Tirith mm-hmm. till the time the Black Gate opens. And then you flip over to book six, which is Frodo, Sam, and Gollum. All of Shelob is all in the Two Towers. I think I told you that. Yeah. And the Two Towers book actually ends when Sam thinks that Frodo is dead and he's taken by the orcs. And so the first three chapters of book six, him rescuing Frodo and then getting to Mount Doom and throwing the ring in. There are still six more chapters in the book after the ring is destroyed. I was counting. There are 90 pages left in the book after the ring is gone, over a fourth of the entire book. That's a book itself. So they spend yeah. time. So like, that's what I mean. Like it's, it's, I remember reading that and being like, this is weird. Like the, what the main still? conflict's done. <laughs> yeah. They spend time hanging out in, they go back to Gondor and they spend time with everyone and Aragorn's crowned. It tracks their whole journey back home. And there actually is that when they get back to the Shire, Saruman wasn't killed in the beginning of the story in Return of the King. He survives and gets out of Isengard and goes to the Shire and takes over the Shire. Like a chapter or two where the hobbits mount like an insurrection against Saruman in the Shire, (laughs) basically oust him and kill him. So there's like that too. Well, I was thinking about that in the movie. It just kind of like the hobbits in the Shire have no clue what happened, which is like the point of, you know. I I like it. It works. I think both work well, right? Yeah. The book is showing that like, like just killing the main guy, there's still stuff spread all around that you have to take up little pockets like the war just doesn't end like that but the movie really shows like i think the experience of coming home from war oh totally i thought about that a million times and just how lonely you would feel because people just don't know what you went through or like the experiences you had yeah when they're all in the tavern after and everyone's jovial and they're all just kind of like yeah well and it's like an insight into ptsd which i don't think was really a thing in the 50s yeah there's something else they called it but basically ptsd of just like you don't know how to step back into your life because you've just seen yeah. so much horror. Some people are like Sam is kind of able to get on, but Frodo like never does. Like no. he never really recovers from like the trauma of what happened. It was the earliest I'd seen that kind of like, communicated in a film to me mm-hmm. that I really understood like, yeah. And it doesn't glorify really the violence. Oh yeah. You just feel like the exhaustion and the terror of like what it would be and they just like to keep, be in a war. They just keep coming like relentless. Like they just keep coming with the Nazgul and the big elephant. Oh, man. It never lets up. I forgot how scary the Nazgul are when they're just flying around and picking oh. people up and drawing. Oh, oh my gosh. They're the worst. They're the worst. That's what I've like uh had to sit with for Well and just the <laughs> three weeks. Uh I know. Not even are you like fighting the enemy, but you're fighting this thing that's just so scary like the orcs are scary they're stupid growls and like yeah when when those orcs come to take frodo after the shelob thing that one is creepy it's creepy but it's got kind of a weird squatty walk it's like Mm. very jim henson yeah 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 (laughs) i actually noticed there were some uruks still around yeah i saw those i liked they then like they broke into infighting too i like that quite Mm -hmm. a bit too and they basically took it all it took everyone like themselves out so sam could kind of go in yeah they're Um, they're just so stupid they're so violent but also they're bad at being violent they're killed so easily but there's there's so many of them i have a question so after frodo throws the ring in and they all start kind of running. I would assume some of them would get away. I know a lot of them. It seemed like fell down, ran out. Yeah, that's actually one thing that I kind of I don't know a bit of a nitpick with this film in particular over the other two. It just seems like the further you go along, and I know like it's expanding in like scope and grandeur, right? Like this movie is very epic. It's very big. Yeah, it, you do lose a bit of the grounded realism from Fellowship. 
Sauron is destroyed, so this perfect, nice little earthquake. Yeah, the earthquake like caves in just neatly around the heroes. Uh Like, there's a little bit of stuff like that where I'm like, ah, you're losing a bit of. That's kind of why, in my mind, if I had to rank them, like Fellowship ekes out just barely because I feel more like connected to that. But yeah, I forgot that some of them are definitely like running out. They have no loyalty. They're not fighting for. Uh, like a cause so the minute they're afraid they're like uh, let's like get oh, out of yeah. here it's like i was thinking that because they make more journeys like the hobbits go back to the shire afterward the hobbits are so small like are they not running into i'm just so used to them running into orcs and bad things mm-hmm. do they just not anymore because it's just over well and it's kind of it's kind of like implied that some time passes right from that okay. battle till because like you go back to the crowning of Aragorn, his like beard yeah. is fuller, like it's time like, has passed. Yeah. So maybe but. it's just interesting to think of like a stray uh community of orcs somewhere. I did think of war, obviously. <laughs> I, I kept like thinking of that though. Especially like that part, the beginning of the second half. <laughs> I don't know how to communicate that. All of the soldiers, like the Rohan shows up. Um, that part really made me cry. Cause it's just that that's like so real with war like run at your enemy and be like okay this might be it like we're, we might, we might say, die and that part's so powerful and um eowyn's on the horse and mary and they're just she's like whatever happens stay with me i'll look after you you know like they're oh, just yeah. like about to <laughs> like get the, i don't know it's so scary so it's interesting like there's two big battles where people are like have a hype up speech before they run off into war and it's like Theoden and Aragorn right yeah and I think that it's kind of interesting like the contrast a little bit between the two like Aragorn's speech is very much like it's like remember what you're fighting for like we're united I see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart of me a day may come when the courage of men fails when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship but it is not this day an hour of wolves and shattered shields when the age of men comes crashing down. But it is not this day. This day we fight. By all that you hold dear on this good earth, I bid you stand, men of the West. Actually, the part where he turns around, the horse just like lifts up. Oh, yeah. That actually, the horse just did that in oh the, my in the shot. I know it's it's pretty magical. It's crazy. Wow! And I love Theoden is a little more fatalistic. Right now! Right now! Right! Right to ruin and the world is dead. showing up over the hill you know it's like the darkest moment when like the witch king has like broken Gandalf's staff and that like... guy freaking sucks <laughs> and, and then, then just... he just looks haggard after that Gandalf oh he yeah. recovers but he looks so well, haggard that's I, Gandalf is he's you have to have him be warm and you know what I mean and yeah. like confident like go to your posts you're like, oh, there's like an adult in the room. Yeah. Like yeah. you feel safe around him, but he never feels like boring or invincible. You can see the fear and shock in his face. Like when the gates are opened up by Grand, three trolls roll in 
you just see on his face like, holy shit, okay. He's constantly full of doubt in a very human way. I didn't realize like how often he definitely feels responsible for Frodo. And he constantly is doubting, what have I done? And Saruman and the mouth of Sauron both taunt him. Gandalf does not hesitate to sacrifice those closest to him. Those he professes to love. Tell me, what words of comfort did you give the halfling before you sent him to his doom? The mouth of Sauron. That's the guy who comes out when they like basically knock on the Black Gate. What? That's like his title is called the mouth of Sauron. Is he just like another orc? He's like his like, like commissary. Two. Yeah, like literally like okay. speaks for him. Who would have thought one so small would endure so much pain? <laughs> and he did, Gandalf. He did. And even when they're in Edoras, like like celebrating after Helm's Deep, he's talking to Aragorn, and you know Aragorn's like, every day Frodo moves closer to Mordor. Do not. What does your heart tell you? That Frodo is alive. Yes. Yes, he's alive. He relies on other people to, like, help lift his spirits, too. It's, like, a tricky balance, but Ian McKellen is just, like, amazing. You don't get much of him in The Two Towers, but he is, he's, like, front and center in this one. Yeah. Which I, I really like. He's, like, stark white, which is such a contrast to literally everyone else. And, and they kind of take turns, though. Like, yeah, he doubts... But then sometimes Aragorn doubts, and which I feel like is very true of of every of human nature in itself too. Like sometimes I'm gonna be the one that's gonna bump up, but sometimes you're gonna be the one that bumps up. And like he's even there to like comfort Pippin, who is weighing over his head. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh and like that really that part like obviously I was at least mildly crying the entire movie. <laughs> But the part where Pippin, you know, and this reminds me too of probably like being in like in war waiting for war as it's happening around you. I mean, he has died. So he's able to be like, <laughs> it's not so bad. And like, you know what I mean? Like telling him these things to like give him courage in that moment. But it's like a very real courage. It's not, it's going to be okay. It's, yeah, maybe. I didn't think it would end this way. End? No, the journey doesn't end here. Death is just another path, one that we almost take. The grey rain curtain of this world rolls back and all turns to silver glass. And then you see it. What? And Elf. See what? White shores. Beyond the far green country into a swift sunrise. Well, that isn't so bad. No. No, it isn't. Not to be a horse girl, but <laughs> oh here we go. <laughs> a couple horse things. <laughs> When Gandalf rides off on Shadowfax to meet Faramir and like the the guys that are running back from as the, the small Nazgul city, are like coming down on him, mm-hmm, and just takes his staff and shines the light at the Nazgul is one of the coolest shots in the entire movie. Agreed. What about when he like is going up the steps 
like oh, when the big when the army is like all in front of me, she's like like pops up. He just has command. It's like clopping, and you're like, how does that horse do that? Shadow facts. Shadow facts can do anything. Yeah, show us the meaning of haste. Dwelling on war, so many horses just getting the shit kicked out of them. Just like stomped by the oliphants. Yes. The Nazgul dragons just like thro- tossing them and they just yeah. fall on their heads. Oh man. It's so sad. Or even just like as they're running and like getting hit by an arrow, just getting like, like sucked under like on a like on a treadmill, you know? Yes. Ugh. You feel the casualties, I feel like. That's, totally. Yeah. Okay, so I have a question for you, Courtney. How was your, what was your mileage like with like the action in general? It was fine. Because I do think this one is, it, it gets a bit overwhelming. Messy. I, I yeah. think it's intentional to make you feel overwhelmed by the fight. Um, yeah. parts but yeah i was just curious if at any point i think you the were... emotional in all of these i think the emotional um center helped like that's another thing with action if there's not like a an emotional center then why are you watching it and this is like so strong you know exactly what you're fighting for you know exactly what each character's end goal is well i think even to a fault a little bit because i do hate when it seems like only the main characters are having like these hero moments but it does connect you to like what's happening like in all the chaos like Aomer has the spear and like hits the guy on the on the oliphant like knocks him in there's there's a lot of like battle of hoth atat type stuff <laughs> like just put the rope around their legs yeah like, when, she, when she's like running under him and like cuts the legs with yeah the, with the that swords. part was sweet <laughs> yeah it's pretty good aragorn sees one coming no words just hey legolas and Legolas is like oh got it okay that's mvp just jumps up oh i know <laughs> I... he just like motions with his eye. legolas hey He's legolas like, could you it's like i got it i'm like a monkey i'll get right up there <laughs> I remember people losing their shit in the theater. That happened. It's because it's cool as hell. Well, and he like so cool. he slides off. Oh, yeah. Like... It's just so effortless. And then it's, nothing's it's ever hard. It's the Legolas glide. And then your boy Gimli. That still counts as one. I remember your people boy being Gimli. like you know laughing what? so I, hard. I could, I could take or leave Gimli in this one. <laughs> oh, I actually think he's better in this one. He's not as much, but um, I... Uh, ha- <laughs> <laughs> your nose is bleeding. Did you speak to Gimli, please? <laughs> Last time, I was I was great with him, but he did take a little... I was pushed over the edge with this one, even though he didn't as much. I, I was charmed by him still in this okay. one. Even though it goes on too long when he's like blowing at like the wisps of the ghost like hands. I don't know. I, I was, <laughs> yeah, I I was charmed that. by him. The, that trio doesn't have as much to do really in this movie. Yeah. Which is fine. That It's kind of like I was saying, I can't remember well, when. Well, they do something pretty huge. Well, yeah, but like <laughs> there's not really like a challenge for them. Yeah. Which I'm okay because I feel like, especially Aragorn, his movie I feel like was definitely The Two Towers. He has like a much more of like an emotional growth in films one and two. And then this one, it's more like a task he has to accomplish, which is like get the ghosts basically. Yeah. But I like it because you're able to kind of focus more on like, I love the pairing of Gandalf and Pippin. And yeah. like, I like that you were able to focus on like kind of different characters kind of get their moment to shine in this film. Yeah. Maybe like got like more boring storylines. Or Eowyn, who you're just kind of like annoyed with in the second one is great in this She's, one. I I was struck by how much how much I was annoyed still going into this one. She still is just going so hard for Aragorn. <laughs> and he really has to be like, you're in love with an idea of me because we've met, known each other for two days. He's like... Right, but after that, she drops it and right. she saves... Well, and I think we t- we're telling you this, like she really has some like very redeeming moments that really totally. make her like a standout. That I'll... part where she takes off her helmet, that made me cry. You fool. No man can kill. I am no man. I think it's funny because I bet some people probably watch this movie now and think that was like 
an edition of from 2003 and being like, oh, girl moment. But that is literally what happens in the book. It is like they basically pull a little loophole on the witch king who says, no man can kill me. Yeah. And so Mary, who's a hobbit, stabs him. <laughs> and then Eowyn, who's a woman, neither are a man, are yeah. able to kill him. Yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah. It's I, so powerful. I know. And then like the relationship between her and Theoden, especially in this movie, because like all yeah. the groundwork has been laid in the two towers, but the payoff is, I think, so good in this one. He's such an interesting character where I think I just like characters too that are like, flailing and like trying their best but like but they're just like in all the two towers he just has all this self-doubt and he's like just trying to like keep it together the whole time and like it'll be fine it'll be fine like we'll be safe and like we'll go we're gonna go here and like i i know what i'm doing like a lot of that you know what i mean fake it till you make it stuff yeah he has some like really interesting moments too and like in this one they're saying like well you should help out gondor should we tell me why should we ride to the aid of those who did not come to ours what do we owe Gondor? And so I like that moment when they got the beacons lit. Oh and he's gosh. like, Gondor calls for aid! And Rohan will answer. Master the Rohirrim! Yeah. And then that moment when he's basically on his deathbed and anyone's talking. Like, I think that's a perfect encapsulation of his arc of just so much self-doubt. Unsure of, like, his place in history. I do not live up to any of the, these great people that I come from. And I think that is like a very relatable thing too. Mm -hmm. And then realizing like he was able to do that. Like he did, there was the challenge and he rose to the challenge. Eowyn. My eyes dark. That's one of my favorite lines in the entire series. I can, I can, I'm okay to die. Like he's, he's doubting this whole time, which is just so relatable to, to get to a place yeah. where you're like, okay, I can fill the shoes that I, that I've been trying to fill. It's really good. There is a weird, <laughs> this is where like, they're definitely condensing things from the book, but there is, after like the battle of Pelennor Field, they kind of transition to like a weird, like nineties music video feel where the houses of healing when Aragorn is like wiping Eowyn's <laughs> brow and like healing her from being wounded. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? And then how did, what was, what did you think about like the way too neat pair up with her and Faramir? It makes sense. They have a whole like <laughs> chapter in the book where they chat and talk and get to know each other. And in this one, they just basically sidles up and they say like two words and they hold hey, hands immediately. <laughs> basically, yeah. It's, I don't know. You know, Eowyn's thirsty. We know that. So. He's probably thirsty. He's been on the road. He, yeah. he, he deserves a win, you he know? He almost got burned alive by his dad. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> the filming's a little weird right there because you're not sure, has it been a day or has it been a year? Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh, it's been an hour because Pippin and Mary are still... <laughs> He's still in the field looking for his yes. friend. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question about that. Was Mary just... Stuck? 
Yeah. Well, so if you notice, like, Eowyn had all these burns on her hand where she stabbed the Witch King. Uh-huh. And it, like, really hurt Mary as well. Yeah. So he's, like, knocked out. Okay. And in the book, he, like, he's all, he stays behind because he's so injured from that. He's, like, under an orc. <laughs> how, how big do you, they, I'm sure they built, like, a very large body to, like, lay on him. Okay, I was very impressed in this movie with a lot of the size, like all of the double work they did, especially because Pippin has a, a lot of interaction. Oh, I was, I was like keeping Ganda, track. Ganathor, and like, <laughs> yeah. there's a lot of they do they like the three main techniques, right? Like kneeling, doubles, or CGI. Mm-hmm. CGI always looks it's you can kind of tell. Yeah, you can yeah. tell. There's some but great a couple tricks. like handoffs and like oh. You can- yeah. You, you can usually tell when he's like a double, a body double. Because they're that smaller, too. Yeah. yeah. And it's like a wide shot. And, and they don't do them. like a, they don't try super hard to like mask their faces. They I just kind of try to go far away. They do have like masks that they're wearing that kind of look like the actors. <laughs> so <laughs> in case crazy. you catch like the side of their face sort of, it's not like definitely a different person. Yeah. But, but you can totally tell. I mean, they're oh, different yeah. people, obviously. So. Exactly. Yeah. Well, like, the most masterful one is, I don't know if you caught this, but when Denethor is, like, basically trying to light the, them both on fire, he's dragging Pippin yeah. out of the room. He yes. throws Pippin. Mm-hmm. So uh-huh. what was happening was the camera is sitting stationary. Billy Boyd is laying underneath the line of the camera. So he's laying there, ready. Denethor is pulling the double from behind so you can't see the double's face and then throws the double who rolls just <laughs> under the camera yes. and then Billy Boyd sits up yeah, as if he's, like... Tossed and then gets right up. It's it's really it's cool. Yeah. It's really good. So we spend a lot of time with Denethor and Faramir. Faramir just doing the best, but he just can't get there. Denethor is just... So it's... I don't know how like you caught very much of this, but like in the book, he has been talking to Sauron through the Palantir. Like they have... He has one as well. Denethor? Yes. Oh. And... Did they even mention that in this I one? I don't... Well, they kind of. He alludes to it because he's like... When Gandalf shows up, he's like, I know more than you think I do. Okay. He's been slowly being like driven mad and like slowly over time, just like that despair, like seeping into him. Yeah. So he is like definitely unhinged by the time this happens. I don't know if that was. Yeah, that was clear, but I didn't know it was because of that. Uh, Yeah. I just thought that he was like, I'm going to, I'm going to die. I think that's a part of it too. And then he definitely just like, he goes completely mad. Yeah. Yeah. That part is so sad. Yeah. When Faramir is like. You wish now that our places had been exchanged. That I had died and Boromir had lived. Yes. I wish that. No, he just goes from being like a dick to insane. Like he was probably never great. And he was just a bad guy that went crazy. So I have a question. So when he tried to set them both. Yeah, he was going to set them both on fire. Yeah. Um, such a drama queen. He, yeah. He thought Faramir was dead. He really did. Mm-hmm. He didn't just want him to go down with him. No. Because that's why he kills himself. No. He, yes. He's weeping because he's like, like, my line is ended. My last son is dead. He's like, then we're all dead. Got it. I wrote the sequence where Billy Boyd is singing. For oh my like gosh, that is so great. Masterful editing too. Yeah. Just, the score is like underneath him singing where it's like slowly rising and like unsettling as they're running to and all. he's just like chomping down his food and like breaking the, just it's like splitting everywhere. It's like gross food ASMR before there was ASMR. <laughs> the berries, just the redness Ugh. of it just like look like blood. It's so gross. It's, he sucks. Yeah. And Gandalf shows up. He's like, I'm going to run the show, I guess. <laughs> I guess I have to be in charge. 
<laughs> along with like the structure of it, like New Line wanted Kate Blanchett to maybe do prologues to start off the movies. They also weren't really sure how to end it that way too. Like at one point they thought about have her, having her do an epilogue and like doing a voiceover to show like what happened to all the members of the fellowship. I really like that they didn't go with that route and that they have like the two towers starts off like revisiting Gandalf falling. And then this one, I like how it starts off so small scale with Smeagol and the worm. And then you get like that crazy sequence of like his transformation, which is yeah disgusting. You yeah. can tell that, especially in this movie, that Peter Jackson like cut his teeth on horror. Like that's like where he came from. Like he's very good showing very disgusting, horrific things. Oh, yeah. Just that close-up of him just, like, taking a bite of that fish and just ripping it out. Just white and gray and gross and slimy. Yeah, it's such a great way to, like, start the film and really, like, set you into, like, where you are. Oh, and with, speaking of horror, I forgot how tense everything with the spider is. Oh yeah, you are just gosh. on edge for like 20 minutes. That freaking spider. I like couldn't look at some. It was like so scary. It wasn't as like gross. But it's so big. Yeah, I don't think spiders are as gross as they are scary. They're just so scary. And to think of like a spider that's like five times your size. Well, and like the way they move is just unsettling. Like the part where Sam's yeah. fighting him, there's a part where he just like rushes Sam. The design of him is great. Like he... You, on his face, it's like he, like you can tell, or I guess it's a she. She's very old, and like she looks worn down in her yeah. face and like moldy, kind of. Yes. And uh, I guess Peter Jackson is an arachnophobe. Like they took pieces of existing spiders and basically like, assembled them into what he thought would be like the scariest looking spider. Well, I was curious about this in general, but like if as you were watching it, if things like came back to you, or oh, if, yeah. if you were yeah. really like, I don't know where this is going. Anyway, or. I didn't remember the the orcs coming to take him. I didn't remember that Sam took the ring. So no. did you really think like they got the ring? Yeah, I was like, how are they gonna? How, how are they, they gonna do how this? Did they get it back. Did you think that he had actually died? No, I knew he didn't die. I'm curious if anyone watching for the first time was really like, because you know, it's almost the end. It maybe would make sense for him to die and Sam to continue on. And in the book, that's how the second one ends. Is you spend some time thinking that he is dead, and it's only revealed right before the end that he's just been paralyzed. There's something weirdly sexual about that spider. <laughs> Go on. Tell us more. I don't want to go into too many details, but it was just like horrifying. The like I just felt like <laughs> Oh my gosh. The mouth. Uh-huh. And then the, the like the poker. <laughs> yes. It's just like kind of like violating and just like How did it make you feel? <laughs> what a take. Interesting. <laughs> There's nothing sexual about that spider. I think it is. You may have had a different experience than we did watching this. Just like grossly, like, I don't know. Interesting. Just kind of like chasing them both and just like stabbing. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway. Interesting. I really thought I would get some sort of agreement. Somebody to be like, yeah, that's like, true. Yeah, I was super turned on. No, actually. I don't. I don't mean that. I mean like it was like it was like scary the way that it was. Maybe I'll throw you a vine here. Okay. Maybe in the way that like the aliens from Alien, like the face hugger and like the design of the alien, is all very sexual in nature. Okay, I did not know that or catch that. Oh, really? The face hugger is supposed to kind of be sort of like vagina. Basically, like in, like in reverse, and the alien is very phallic, and like the way that it like 
grabs your face, like the face hugger and Weird. impregnates you. It's supposed to be very reminiscent of like genitalia and like evoke kind of that, that fear of being violated. Yeah, that's exactly how I, f- okay. yes, that's exactly how I felt when I was watching it. It's just like, it's like taunting them and chasing them and like completely violating. It's uh, just like a predator. Frodo. And yeah, it knows yeah, what it's yeah. doing too. Yeah. And it also like gets off by like letting you sit there and be paralyzed and and then coming oh, sure. back to you mm. and having like, fun with you. It's yeah, it's just like a gross predator. See, I more I didn't really think of that as like uh, like sexual deviance per se. <laughs> I thought that was more like it paralyzes you so when it eats you you're still warm. Sure. Anyway. Yeah. Okay, so another question I have. Unless you want to continue Well, there's uh, exploring, just there's just something very messed up about the way that it handles both of them. Okay, it's interesting. So when he first gets away from Shelob when they're in the tunnel itself, did you think that was kind of the end? Like, did you did no. you think that the spider would come back? No, because I rem- yeah, because I remembered that Frodo gets wrapped up like okay. a mummy. Okay, okay, because um, that is eerie when it just creeps out slowly and oh like, my so gosh, quiet. and he's above him. Well, and that's where like I mean, that, she's above him. That's where I think Peter Jackson's skill as like a horror maker really comes into play. Like he knows how to ratchet up the tension. I remember mm-hmm. watching this great music music video. YouTube video that was about how like horror directors have the most success transitioning to like action or other types of genres because horror teaches you how to use the camera, how to like perfect timing, perfect pacing of a scene. It's like really exact like the terror, right? Yeah. And then you you, you use those same skills in other things too. Those scenes are so effective that way. Yeah. So, okay. My other question when, when he first gets away from Shelob and like basically has that big fight with Gollum, like Frodo and Gollum like get at it. And then Gollum's knocked off into that ravine. Oh yeah, I knew Did he you? wasn't dead. Oh okay. Because I started to remember that he goes, he gets the ring, and he, he... shows up again. Okay. Yeah. You seemed pretty surprised when he does crawl up over that rock. Because I thought he was gonna be an orc for some reason. I was oh, like, you were like, what is that? Nervous. Yeah, it scared me. But I did remember he gets the, he because he follows him back there. I was thinking Frodo throws the ring and he goes in after it, but he just kind of puts on the ring and then. It's not like he goes in after it. It's just that he has it and he goes into the... But in the book, it's kind of how it go, like Frodo claims it for himself. Mm-hmm. Gollum like grabs and bites off his finger. That is yeah, from that the book. Gross. We never... And then he's like so jubilant and falls off. Although I will say, I remember this from, I told you they did like those cartoons, yeah. versions in the 70s, and they did one of Return of the King. There was a song called like Frodo of the Nine Fingers, and it's Kenny Loggins. <laughs> oh gosh. So many layers to that. It's, yeah. it's very what a what like a fever dream those were from like our childhood. <laughs> Frodo of the nine fingers and the ring of doom. It started with a hobbit in Gollum's cave of gloom. Yeah, and when Frodo's like the ring is mine, you're just kind of like. Are you oh, kind of okay. like? We came all the way here. We did. Also, when you tell Stop Sam to go around. home, are you kind of like, Sam can't just go home. I'm sorry. You're in Mordor. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I, how, did, how did that did that like work for you guys? Because that is an invention of the movie to yeah. like, create conflict. Totally. And because they wanted Frodo to be alone in Shelob's lair and feel that like despair. Yeah, it totally worked. Okay. I'm glad it's the way that it is. Okay. It's fun to see like Frodo and Sam in opposition. That is one of like the chill-inducing parts for me in the movie too, when he's getting like roped up by Shelob, just just like rolling, and then the camera pulls back and you see like Sting. That's the name of the sword. I don't yeah. know if you know that. And then like Sam's hand, and he's just right there. And let him go, you filth. Let him go. He will not touch him again. There's something about just like this tiny guy 
and he is just so normal. I think that's what's amazing about like I think I think both Sam and Frodo, right? They're not special or like important people, or they don't come from like a great lineage or like aren't destined for greatness. They're not like Luke Skywalker or Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. They're just normal people who like have to do this like very hard thing. And I think that's more inspiring too. But like Sam just, when he just like rips apart those orcs on the stairs and like shows up to fight Shelob. Yeah. It is, it's great because he is like, he is the hero of the story. Yeah. And you're just like that guy, like he just will oh, do anything for his friends. He's the MVP of the movie for sure. He, it's such like a classic, like Errol Flynn way of talking. <laughs> he just feels like an old fashioned good person kind of a thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Pass of the Dead, Aragorn, Legolas Gimli. I wish it kind of been maybe like teed up a bit better, maybe in like a prior Yeah, film. because I was confused about it. It comes out it. of nowhere. It does, but like, I don't know how else you would have without like getting in the really the weeds. I think you could have had when you had the flashback in the very first one, like the prologue, you could have mentioned that like some men abandoned. Oh. Like they could have laid the seeds that like, okay, it's obviously much better laid out in the books, but it really comes out of nowhere. It's like, well, you know what you should do right now? We didn't talk path. about this before, but now that we're here. And uh, you need to go get this army of ghosts. And we all believe in ghosts, so. Yeah, and ghosts are a thing, and they're going to be invincible. And you could definitely probably should keep them around for one more battle, but he gave the word. <laughs> but they could have used them when they went to the Black Gate. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're a little third host of heaven, if you know what I mean. Also, the physics are interesting because they can go through people, but they can also kill people. Yeah, I kind of wish... <laughs> They would have like been a bit more bony. Yeah, like because really they're invincible at that. With that, I wish they hadn't have been invincible because it does kind of like it is kind of like a Deus Ex Machina, like a real cheat when they show up and it's like, oh well, they just killed everyone. That's what I mean by I wasn't as engaged by like what Aragorn was up to for that like chunk of the movie, but but it's great when they just wipe out all of those ships. It is, and like it is, there is it is a little creepy, like going yeah. through that hall. Apparently oh, yeah. they. It's they, very Indiana Jones to me. It is, yeah. <laughs> they made 80,000 uh, skulls to roll down to a big explosion Whoa. of skulls. 80,000. 80,000. Can you imagine any 80,000 of anything physical? <laughs> Skittles? Donuts? This month, we're making skulls. <laughs> Saruman, we didn't really talk very much about him. His entire scene, his death scene, cut from the theatrical edition. When he lands on the spike, oh, I is. physically oh, just it is a thud. It's they like, they <laughs> lean into that thud, and then he like goes over. Oh well, yeah. I mean, I like it. Oh but like, sure, yeah. And then he like it, it starts rolls rolling. Under. Yeah, see his high tops. He's wearing Chuck Taylors. <laughs> they are kind of sexy. You know what I mean? Like they were a little like well, there's really high no, high boots. You don't spend a lot of time looking at any shoes the entire movie, no. but then you see those okay. <laughs> comfortable. Christopher Lee didn't realize that scene was cut until they went to the premiere, and he was very upset. He seems like he's an interesting guy, but I imagine very proud. Um, yeah, two thoughts. One, I feel like I read somewhere that they had to do all the filming with Ian McKellen and Christopher Lee in the UK because they refused to fly anywhere else. Is that real? That may be for The Hobbit, if that's the case. Oh, okay. Well, no, they were definitely in New Zealand for The Lord of the Rings. I think that might have been Christopher Lee for The Hobbit because he was very old. And I think he couldn't physically leave. Whoa. That's something that kind of bugs me about The Hobbit movies, among other things. <laughs> but they were filmed like at least a decade later. Yeah. Even though they're set 50 years earlier. Which Ooh. you wouldn't think would be a big deal for like 
because Ian McKellen is just kind of just an older gentleman anyway. Mm-hmm. But he is, he does look a lot older. Well, and yeah. Christopher Lee, there. How could you not? Very old. Yeah, it's t- a decade later. Yeah, yeah. And then I also just had this quote from Christopher Lee that I thought was wild. Okay. So when talking about you know how he was cut from the the theatrical version uh-huh. in an interview, I guess someone asked him, "Are you going to go to the premiere?" Because he found out, I guess, right before. Oh, I thought he found out at the premiere. Um, okay. He said, no, what's the point? What's the point of going? None at all. <laughs> also, I thought you might like this too. Uh, while filming the sequence where he is killed and Green the Wormtongue, who we get to see one, one last eyebrowless glory. Yeah. Uh, I guess Peter Jackson tried like coaching Christopher Lee on like, hey, this is how like, you need to breathe and react when you get stabbed. And Christopher Lee, who was a World War II veteran with the British Special Forces, assured peter jackson that he knows what a man sounds like when they are stabbed oh my gosh oh, th- thank you for the service you've done for <laughs> many many countries right. he just sounds like such a like crotchety old he is miser he's a little arrogant i think it's one of those things where it's like he was a very like a very acclaimed actor of like stage and screen he was like one of the original draculas from the 50s he was like a bond villain at one point and actually one of the lesser bonds <laughs> god rest his soul though yeah yeah very british in that sense of like stiff upper lip and getting offended at things i know like everything was being filmed concurrently but do you know if if the the gray haven was towards the end actually okay i actually have some things to say about that okay it's just weird to think that like so for instance when frodo when, when frodo's telling sam to go home the sam shots of like sam I can't remember which one was which. One was filmed like during the initial run from like the 90, from like 99 to 2000 filming. And the other one was done like three years later in pickups. Weird. And it's weird that like they, this happens a lot in movies, right? They don't film a movie in order. And especially when you're doing this like huge project like this, like you are stitching together performances of people not in the same room, sometimes years apart. And I can't tell. You know what I mean? Uh Uh-uh. With the Grey Haven specifically, they had to film that three times the four actors that play the hobbits tell this story that they were just like we had to like recapture that like emotion multiple times and it was so draining because the first time they filmed it i guess sean astin had the wrong jacket underneath it was it was like mismatched with like how he was in other shots and so they had to refilm it the second time they accidentally exposed the film to light and it like created like a fuzz over it so it was like ruined so they had to go back a third time and film that. You feel the emotion. You feel it feels real. You know what I mean? Like they're really saying goodbye. But it's just funny that people's last scenes they film are just random things. When like they're wrapped filming, it's not like the last scene in the movie that they film where they're where the character is feeling the emotion of a goodbye is necessarily where the actor is. In fact, the last thing that they filmed for the pickups was when Frodo, I think, is like finishing his book it was like a shot of him in the shire peter jackson's telling the story about how he and elijah just kept being like let's do another take let's just do another take because they didn't want it to be over (laughs) and they were just like let's just keep going and then finally they were like we we have it they were like filming this movie up until like the very end though the last thing that they did for this movie was a couple weeks before the premiere and it was andy circus went over to peter jackson's home because he needed a shot of Gollum reacting to Frodo being like, we have to destroy it, Gollum, for both of our sakes. He needed his reaction. So on, on Peter Jackson's home floor, they, <laughs> he like filmed him doing this, like reacting to it, and then emailed it to Weta Digital to animate it and put it in the movie. Oh my gosh. And Peter Jackson didn't actually see the full completed film because of the hectic schedule until the premiere. It was the first time he saw it completely finished. 
And I guess... Oh my gosh, can you imagine how stressful that would be? <laughs> your final project? I yeah. Can, yeah. To cement your legacy or not. Yeah. Uh, Elijah Wood tells a story that they asked him, like, how, what was his response? And he said his response was just, yep, it's good. Pretty good. <laughs> Minus Tirith. Uh, they also had a 1 to 72 scale model of the city that was 23 feet high. Oh, it reminded me of um, uh, Mont Saint-Michel in France. Have you ever, did you go there? No. Oh, it's this insane castle, but it's a, it's a city. It was a city in the Middle Ages, yeah. And it's oh. just kind of out in the, they're not dunes. They're just like sand. It's like sand wetland. And then sometimes it'll fill up with water. But it's just this huge, I'm sure you've seen pictures of it. It's like this huge castle looking thing. And it is so cool. Well, and wonder, it like, you can go up. I mean, it's just like, there are tons of them like in the, the Middle Ages. It's like the stairs are like that. Like the city's just kind of. Yeah, it's just a big, huge city, but it's just in like this fortressy castle. Does Gondor feel a little bit like Legos once the they start throwing those giant rocks at it? Oh Everything's just breaking apart. Crumbles. Oh, what did you think about them throwing the severed heads? Into oh my the city. I do remember that that from like being young and that really, really disturbing me. That, um, There's a lot of head cutting off in this series. <laughs> the one that I really love is when he just whips off the mouth of Sauron's head. Yeah. That's that's a satisfying one. Uh-huh. One orc that I wish had a more satisfying death was the big ugly general that's like after Eowyn. Uh, they'd had like a design for him and Peter Jackson was like, uh, we need more and just took like clumps of clay and just kept pounding it on like wow. this like model they had until they had him. And then he's got like these green pussy like all yeah, over his face. Yeah, and a little face. bit of like hairs sticking out. Okay. I wish he had Continue. had a little more satisfying of like a real like death. Mm-hmm. I love the orc designs. They yeah. are very creative. Yeah. They're just not generic. Like no one really looks the same. I felt you getting tense when Frodo and Sam in their orc armor. Oh are, my like, gosh, that part. Oh my gosh. That part was even a little bit unbelievable because they're like talking out loud. Sam's like, what are we going to do? What do we do now? Like the orcs are dumb, but they're not. They've proven themselves to not be that dumb. Like somebody would hear you and be like, what are you? You know, they'd beat you up or they'd eat you or something like that. They're not like. That's for like the audience's sake to really like clue in like. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I know what you mean though. Like there's a lot of that where they're getting away is a little unbelievable, but that that sequence is also in the book too. Like, Oh my gosh. When they're just sitting there and the guy comes over and he's like, get up, you know? Well, I remember the book just talks about like how tired they are. They're just marching. They're so tired. Oh, And like you can kind of feel it. And you you see like how where the chain is like ripping into his skin of like the weight of the ring so worn down okay a couple of other things the mouth of sauron his mouth was enlarged into 200 percent to make it like that big and meaty that was disgusting that whole conversation is an extended sequence i actually love it i think it walks the line of like eerie and like gross is like kind of disturbing the, the and, face yeah and gross yeah. yeah the battle of the black gate was filmed on a former minefield so it had to be swept to make sure there weren't any uh, oh my gosh unexploded <laughs> mines sauron himself was going to show up physically you know when Aragorn kind of quiets down right before he like says for Frodo and rushes. Sauron was supposed to appear as like beautiful prince looking guy and come out. And that's what they're all like stunned and looking at. Oh, I would have loved that. And then he was supposed to have a one-on-one fight basically with Sauron in the fight, but they changed it. And I'm torn. I don't know. I don't know what I would have wanted. They changed it because they wanted the focus to be more about Frodo and Sam. And they thought having him like square off with Sauron directly 
would kind of take away from the bravery of being like, we're going to go and sacrifice ourselves. Basically, yeah. And like be this decoy and maybe all die to give Frodo a shot at this. So the fight that he had with him, they filmed, but then when they decided to change that, they swapped him out for that big troll. Technically, the very last shot they ever shot for the movie was in March 2004, after the Oscars, because the extended edition came out the next year for this movie. Peter Jackson needed a couple pickup shots of just a couple skulls rolling on the ground. <laughs> and he was joking that probably the first time a director had ever shot scenes for a movie after it had already won Best Picture. <laughs> the music is Great. stellar, heavenly. Howard Shore had to write seven minutes of music per day just to keep up with the schedule. It is. Oh, that's a lot of music. I know, it's crazy. I forgot to mention this. Uh, I had a friend in high school who was like gonna start reading the books and for some reason he started with the two towers which starts with Aragorn finding Boromir like wounded and dying and just the way that they were described he thought they were animals he thought Legolas was like a fox and he thought Boromir was a bull because it talked about how his horn was split It's like, why did you start with the middle book, too? Uh, Last year, there was a change.org petition to get John Noble, who played Denethor, to apologize for the tomato scene, for the way he (laughs) bit the tomato. Uh, It says, you've seen Lord of the Rings. You've seen Return of the King. You know the tomato scene. You know the one I'm talking about. John Noble had every chance not to eat the tomato like that, but he still did. <laughs> all we want is a public apology. That's all we need to get on with our lives after these years of torments. We had 610 supporters. <laughs> oh my gosh. Also, Peter Jackson disliked working with the Weinstein brothers so much that their shared credit at the end of the film appears over a pencil sketch of a man fighting off two oversized trolls. <laughs> oh, wow. So that aged well. All right, so this movie came out uh, December of 2003. It earned $1.1 billion, the second film ever to earn $1 billion. First was Titanic. Mm. It was also the second highest grossing film of all time after Titanic. At the time. 93% Rotten Tomatoes. It was a sweep of the 2004 Oscars. That was the first Oscars I remember really watching because of that. And I just remember every time they won, it would play that Gondor theme. And like I just have that memory of like they won again, they won another yeah, one. This is for us. Did it, you do you remember who hosted that year? Billy Crystal. Yes, I remember that too. Because <laughs> I remember he did a song about they made jokes about all the endings in Lord of the Rings, and he was like singing about the best picture nominees to like classic songs. And I remember he sang about Sea Biscuit set to Goldfinger. I remember his little intro had Reagan from The Exorcist. Do you remember that? No. And he, like, she throws up on him. And I remember being like, because we used to have Oscar parties at my parents. My parents used to have Oscar parties. And we had a bunch of people over. And I I asked my mom, I was like, that was, like, the first time I'd really, like, watched the Oscars. I was so scared of that. Well, you might have been, like, 12 or something. Yeah. Yeah. I was very scared. (laughs) It was nominated for 11 Oscars. Best Picture, Director, Adapted Screenplay, Original Score, Original Song, Visual Effects, Art Direction, Costume design, makeup, sound mixing, and film editing. It won all of them. Whoa. It is tied for the most wins ever with Titanic and Ben-Hur, but it holds the record for the highest clean sweep. None have ever won all of the ones they were nominated, if that makes sense. Okay, yeah. I remember actually in my mission, our mission president would pick the movie we watched for Christmas. One year was the best two years, sure. And I remember for my second one, he was like, you know, it's my last Christmas here in the mission, so I'm going to pick my favorite movie. And it won 11 Oscars. And in my mind, I'm like, guys, holy shit, we're, we're watching Return of the King. I'm like, we're not watching Titanic. I, I will bet you money. I was like, swear to God, we're watching Return of the King, I'm telling you. And it was Ben-Hur. I was so pissed. I was so, Ben-Hur's fine, but I was, when you think you're watching Return of the King and you get Ben-Hur. Uh, such a letdown. I was very upset. Um, it is estimated that filming the trilogy pumped $200 million into the New Zealand economy. Wow. So much so that the New Zealand government created a Minister for Lord of the Rings 
whose job was to exploit all of the economic opportunities tied to promoting the film. That sounds like a very fun job. Well, I'm, we essentially just watched a 13-hour like tourism video yeah. for yeah. New Zealand. Fortunately, it's closed for this whole year. Did you see that, Ryan? <laughs> yeah. We'll they go. have only had 25 COVID deaths. 25. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. I know. I mean, they are a little island. They can. It's easier for them to like really close up shop. But yeah. next year, hopefully. <laughs> the legacy of this film, these films were obviously very huge, mm-hmm. right? Uh, there was a Hobbit trilogy. Have you seen those no none of them no ryan you've seen them you saw I, them in theaters I was, yeah i saw them in theaters and i watched them again last summer when i was doing my six weeks of lord of the rings well, did you see the extended ones i don't know they're just so f- fine there's good parts in all three mm-hmm. there's definitely parts that feel just so long um like you f- you finish the first movie and you're like we got nowhere we started and we got nowhere I think a huge misstep was to try to capture the stakes of The Lord of the Rings. Because The Hobbit is essentially like, it's, it's a fun, light. It's not as heavy. Yeah, it's an adventure. But they really try to like build in the mythology of Lord of the Rings by having like that subplot with Gandalf. And it's like, the stakes aren't the same. There's just so many people to keep track of. It's easier to have like 13 dwarves in a book, but then ha- to show them on screen. It's Wait, like have we seen him before? Yeah. Yeah. Like you said, though, there's an emotional through line that if you trimmed it all into one like two to three hour movie focused entirely on Bilbo, had him be like the focus of this movie. Mm-hmm. There's something there, but... But it's, yeah, it's too stretched out. It's it's too... I was more disappointed than the Star Wars prequels. Because <laughs> I was just like, these were the, like the best movies ever, and they were, I was going to revisit this world, and it was just a bitter disappointment. Yeah. And if, if you like it, that's fine, you know? But if you love them, just watch them again and see if you really still do. Um, they're going to do a Lord of the Rings series on Amazon. Did you know about this? I just heard about it. So this has kind of been in the making for a couple years. Uh, and I think this is like... Like everyone's attempt to fill the Game of Thrones sized hole in the market right now of yeah. like, well, Game of Thrones was huge. Let's also have a medieval TV show. Mm-hmm. They bought the TV rights for $250 million, making a five season commitment worth at least $1 billion. It's estimated it is the most expensive TV series ever. They started filming last year. The filming began in February 2020. (laughs) In New Zealand, um, they obviously had to pause it and they resumed filming for September. I think they're ready. I think the first season I think is supposed to debut this year. (laughs) An eight episode first season. This is Amazon. Mm -hmm. Sure. I'm excited. What's the same story? So if this is in the third age, right? This is the end of the third age, Lord of the Rings. Yeah. This is in the second age. So like about a thousand years before, which I think is smart because... Because after it's the age of man. Well, and you're also not comparing it to Lord of the Rings. Mm -hmm. You can kind of be its own story. Okay. This is from the onering.net, which I haven't thought about in like 15 years because I was like (laughs) a website that was like all this Lord of the Rings news that I would look up all the time to be like... I did that with Twilight. Are there stills from the new movies coming out? (laughs) Yes, I did that. This epic drama is set thousands of years before the events of Lord of the Rings or The Hobbit. We'll take viewers back to an era in which great powers were forged, kingdoms rose to glory and fell to ruin, unlikely heroes were tested, hope hung by the finest of threads, and the greatest villain that ever flowed from Tolkien's pen threatened to cover all the world in darkness. It's like pre- it's, the prequel, basically. Yeah, Sauron first kind of coming to power. I, I think it's... I mean, I want it to be great. If they're, I think they're doing it all the right way to do it. They're going to New Zealand. Um, there's not. I don't really recognize any of the actors or like crew involved, although I do know that John Howe, who was one of the... Tolkien illustrators who did a lot of like the concept work for the trilogy is back doing concept work for it. So Mm. it's definitely in line with these. It'll be cool. Anyone we know like writing or directing? I know the names, but I didn't recognize really anyone. It'll be cool to see what they do with technology and now. I wonder if it is it going to have like a large cast of characters like elves and dwarves and different, you know, like I have no idea. I might pull from like the Silmarillion, which is a very dense book that I've never 
been able to get through. I never got through that. Did you try? No. Oh, I I have it. That's history. It's dense. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's rough. But anyway, I'm excited. That's kind of where we're at now with the legacy of Lord of the Rings. Interesting. Who is your favorite character in the movie? Sam. We didn't talk about him carrying Frodo. It's the best part. Tell me about it. I don't really have that much to say, but it's so good. There's a lot of parts in this movie I used to think were so cheesy when I was first watching them, where I was like, oh, I would have done that differently. But that, uh, that that are very effective now. Yeah. And really like, oh, that's heartwarming, actually. It's just so pure. He's just a good guy. Come on, Mr. Frodo. I can't carry it for you. But I can carry you. Come on! Okay, I'm gonna go with uh, Gandalf. He's running the show because no one. He, he's like, I guess I have to do it. Yeah. Let me just pick up the mess here. Uh, I probably would go with Sam as well. You know, when the ring is exploding and everyone is like yelling, cheering Frodo, Frodo. Yeah. I was kind of like, Sam. Sam's <laughs> the one who saved the day. Frodo fell to the ring. Event like ultimately he was he did succumb to the ring. He did, and he gets his finger bit off, and you're kind of like, well, that's what you get. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, Dumbass. I mean, you know, I kind of like that no one is like above being tempted by the ring ultimately yeah but like I, even sam who's kind of like well, maybe i'll kind of keep this he is tempted in the book about like ideas of him being like this like hero and like people just adoring him he is the hero of the story and i would actually say sam and gandalf both of those i mean like all of them you couldn't have really done without i also think pippin really shined in this one too you got to spend a, a lot of so a lot did of mary good, a lot of good pippin stuff yeah that's true yeah yeah mary has some some tender moments oh my gosh when he's just like I know it is too late to turn aside. I know there is not much point now in hoping. If I were a knight of Rohan, capable of great deeds, but I'm not. I'm a hobbit. And I know I can't save Middle-earth. I just want to help my friends least favorite character and maybe think of this as more like who when they're on screen you're just like i don't really care we can move past you okay go ahead aylmer i was thinking that i feel bad for carl urban who plays him because he's a very good actor Mm. he's just a non-character in this movie yeah he didn't uh why is he with them you know like i don't even know there's not a lot about him i don't know what your personality is yeah yeah and like he's a he's an important character in the books so he just really gets short shrift but Mm. yeah that's probably my pick i'm gonna go with Arwen. She's dying. Sorry. And then when she shows up at the end, her body language is a little weird. Like, why were you hiding? Was this a surprise party? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw somebody promoting an OnlyFans a couple days ago that was like Arwen themed. <laughs> Elf stuff is like a kink to people. Whispering that Like elders. tons of people. But yeah, Arwen. Some people are, are into like giant ancient spiders. <laughs> okay. Most engaging element. Or part of the movie. It is hard to narrow it because really <laughs> the whole second the battle half. starts and you're like, I can't close my eyes for the next hour and a half. However, maybe my fa- one of my favorite scenes is the lighting of the torches. I that's think that good. is so powerful and just so cool and like cool to think about. Like that's how they communicated in the olden days. You they gotta to, light a big ass fire. They had to light these fires and it was someone's job to like just always be watching to see if the next fire was lit. Oh, I, looked, I looked into that a little bit. Like, there are just people, like, stationed there. They're, like, that's their job to live there. I guess there's only, like, seven of them in the book. Oh. So it kind of makes it seem like there's, like, 30. Yeah. And, like, that's Pippin. That's, like, a very important job that he, only he really could do because he's so small and he could get away with it. Anyway, okay, that's a good one. That, that is a good one. Um, I would probably say when they're charging that very first battle 
And then all of the stuff with Theoden and uh, Eowyn. That might be mine too. The Battle of Pelennor when the Rohirrim show up. Mm-hmm. And then maybe the end where they're at the Black Gate. Oh, yeah. I noticed too that like you spend chunks of time with people in the two towers before it cuts to different groups. And the editing starts getting like quicker and quicker it's, and quicker. Yeah, before very it, quick. Between the storylines as they're converging. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about like any, what parts weren't very engaging, I guess? That's almost harder. The begin, the first part is not as engaging. What's I would honestly say the second half, you're locked in. I would say maybe, maybe the Pass of the Dead, that sequence. Oh, yeah, sure. I'm just kind of... It's I like don't needed, care as but much. It's... it's a fetch quest, and they're not growing emotionally, or like their character isn't really tested in any way. I, I get it. It's still good, but like that's probably where I checked out the most. Uh, some of the stuff with Denethor. I think once once Faramir is knocked out, yeah, then I'm like checked out of Denethor. Mm-hmm. But like the dynamic between them earlier on, I'm like really like invested in it. I would agree. Thank you. Cool. All right, cry moments. And the freaking eagles come to pick them up. Because how else would they have gotten away? Nobody was coming to save them besides someone who could fly. <laughs> that whole part, you know, they think like we're dead. Like we just, we're giving up our lives for to accomplish this task. And then they're sitting there and Frodo's like, I can see everything again. Like this cloud mm-hmm. is lifted from me. It's something, there's something so, so very sad. Sam is just lamenting like the life that he wished he could have had. I can see the shot. Ranyuan River. Back in. Gandalf's fireworks. The lights. The party tree. Rosie Cobb dancing. She had ribbons in her hair. If ever I was to marry someone. especially Sam, like mm-hmm. so rewarding too. Mm-hmm. But And sorry, when they, when Frodo wakes up and sees everyone. Oh, oh yeah. Because you, re- I remember thinking that was so like dorky, like slow-mo, like, <laughs> it's kind of, yeah, cheesy. But now I'm like, you, you really would just be like, he, he thought Gandalf is dead. Oh yeah. So you yeah. Just, you'd be like, every, all your friends show up, minus Boromir, and you don't, no, no tears for Boromir. No tears for Boromir. Also, he says everyone's name, but Legolas. Well, it's because he's like, <laughs> he's like who, who are you again? <laughs> You too. Um, You're here. Yeah, but now I'm just I am leaned into that. Is this heaven? What heaven's like? You just kind of fall asleep and wake up, and you and see all these people. Clean oh and gosh, looks beautiful. You see, all, you see all these people that you kind of forgot about, and then extended into like that next scene too, where like I feel like ev- this is like probably a huge moment for everyone, like that's seen these movies, but when the coronation happens and he's everyone's walking up and they start to oh bow. Oh my gosh! Yeah, that part. Wow. And I never really think it's going to get me every time I'm like, but it does, it does. My friends. You bow to no one. (laughs) 
Alright, what else? Any other crying moments? Did we miss any crying moments? When Gandalf talks to Pippin, we kind of talked about oh, this yeah. earlier. That whole conversation, I think, is is tender. I mean, basically, I'm like soft crying for like the last yeah. hour and a half of the movie. <laughs> the re- little weird parts will hit me. Like, even when Frodo like collapses and he like has that vision of Galadriel like oh, yeah. pulling him up. Mm-hmm. She brings just such a light and like this. She always has a secret. But it's like... <laughs> But it's like not. But it's like not a secret about you. Like you don't feel judged or like uh, inferior. It's just like this. Like she's sharing a secret with you. Yeah. The billing in this movie was interesting. She's like fifth, sixth build. Liv Tyler was third third build. I know. I noticed that as well. Above Viggo Mortensen. Gotta pay the ladies. Well, she was probably one of the biggest names when they cast him. Weird. She just done Armageddon. Yeah. (laughs) Do you think uh, Elijah Wood is still living off the money that he made? I'm sure. He is living his best life, only doing projects he really wants to do, because why would you have to? Only doing weird stuff. Oh, yeah, and he does. Yeah. Same with Viggo Mortensen. I was always just, I was like, why Why did he not do, he didn't. He made no conventional choices coming sure. out of these movies. Mm-hmm. He just went on to do, like, I'm going to do weird, like, indie stuff, basically, character-driven stuff. One of the listeners of the pod, Wesley Dalton, he wanted to know if the people who live in the huts by the beacons live there full-time, or if it's like a three-month <laughs> shift or something. They're kind of like... In uh, Game of Thrones, going to the wall. You're just yeah. Like, that's your home now. That's your job now. That would be die. kind of a sweet job to just, all you do is pop oh. out of your house. What if you missed it, though? Maybe. 30 years in this job. I haven't seen a single fire. I'm going to sleep tonight. <laughs> I'm sure there's two of you. You take shifts. It's apparently based on like a real, like. I'm sure it's it a is. a real kind of. Okay. <laughs> the ghosts, he wondered if they were a construct of the book or the movie. They are in the book. Hmm. That is a very much a thing from the book. I don't think you would have just made up that element for the movie's sake. He asked, does Arwen become mortal or does she just become okay with living forever a widow? And she does become mortal and does die. But they still live a long time. And apparently because of Aragorn's bloodline and her abilities as sort of like an elf, they can choose when they want to die. So they do do that in the book. (laughs) They're basically like, we're ready to die now. Sure. Oh, he wanted to know if we're team Arwen or Eowyn. It's also, I'm not sure what he means if it's like team, who do we want Aragorn to end up with? I'm assuming that's what he means. Or who do we enjoy watching more? Well, I mean, he it, had to end up with. two different answers. Yeah. He, it is. <laughs> he had to end up with Arwen. I do like Arwen's story. There's not much to it. I do like mostly the second one, like her having to make the choice. Um, yeah. But then that's it. And I think Eowyn has much, a much more satisfying story. Arwen's the girl for she. There's no other Aragorn. choice. She's known him. She's also secretly old. But very good looking. Um, if you were gonna dress up next Halloween as someone in this series, who would you be? Legolas. Hundred <laughs> percent. No questions asked. Wow. That was locked and loaded. You had that ready. I think, oh I think I've thought of doing that before. I've thought of dressing up as Legolas and also Jareth the Goblin King. <laughs> that would be that'd be really good. I I don't know. I guess. I would probably choose like Boromir or something. Okay, I think I'd want to be White Gandalf, <laughs> not gray. White. Yeah, no. Yeah. I I don't understand how, like, this is a plan now, right? Like, <laughs> I like get very into this. I just I have memories of uh, going like sledding with my friends, like like in junior high, and having like one of those saucer sleds. And when you'd go to trek back up the mountain, I would just I would 
I would do the line when Boromir's kind of tempted by the ring and gives it to Frodo, and then he's like, I care not. I'd say that and like fling the shield on my back and like start trudging up the mountain. I would love to see you as Gandalf the White. Oh, can you imagine? What, what, long... is, what is the occasion? Like just Halloween or We're like a Halloween we... party because yeah, Halloween. they'll be allowed next year. Okay, yeah. party. Hopefully. Uh, okay, any other lasting thoughts? I don't think so. How was, how was it for you? It was great. I'm very glad we did it. When do you think you'll want to watch these again? I was debating that because there is something poetic about doing every five years, which is it's been five years since the last time I saw it. If 2021 has been like 20 years, it's, there's something nice about like every like 20, 25, 30 years mm. from the first one. Like I might, I might wait that long. That also seems like kind of long, but I also watch so many movies that I don't really feel it. I don't think it would be like a yearly thing necessarily yeah. because I, I, I like... I like having a lot of time and then really investing in it. And it's like, it is an yeah, occasion. You, you like keeping it special. Yeah, I really like that. Well, um, and I think it helps, yeah, keep you into it. I'm, I'm set for a while. How often would you watch these again? Every five years, maybe? I don't know. Whenever you do? I don't know. Don't How many stars would you give each of them? Four. What was your favorite one? I liked two a lot. What's your favorite one? Uh, Fellowship by a Hair. Although I really, I really forgot how much I just like cry through this last one it just sticks the landing it's very good yeah uh, it's very epic where the first one feels very personal and i like that mm-hmm. this one feels grand in its scale for all of its flaws they're all flawed in their own ways and they have things i don't like but i love them all have they all have strengths you can't choose i really can't they're all great they're beautiful movies we we love we love a movie that's going to stick its landing we'll it's, forgive it for so much if it just sticks the landing it's more yeah. important than any other element i think like as far as me enjoy like being like that was good much like gymnastics <laughs> stick your landing i've said that for years <laughs> ryan Thank you so much for... Oh, I'm so sorry. I thought I was going to start quizzing you now. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> thank you for watching these with us. Hey. Yes, thank you. It has been my pleasure. All right, Courtney, if people want to reach the podcast. You can find us on Instagram at wifewatches. You can find us on Twitter at wife underscore watches. You can send us an email at mywifewatchesmovies at gmail.com. Or you can... I don't know why I always say that. There's, there's really no other option. Just those three. All right, then. Watch you later. Watch you later. Watch you later. And remember, I see in your eyes the same fear that would take the heart of me. A day may come when the courage of men fails, when we forsake our friends and break all bonds of fellowship. But it is not this day. An hour of wolves and shattered shields when the age of men comes crashing down, but it is not this day. This day we fight. By all that you hold dear in this good earth, I bid you stand, men of the West. 